Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 108 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and this week I am once again joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan, what's going down? Not much. This week's been nice. Um, usually people take their weeks to like work on themselves or like, what are you doing 2021? Work on yourself. I took this week to work on my dog. Oh, good. Yeah, because I, I came to the realization that anytime she does something bad, it's not because she did something bad. It's because I sucked at training her. Give yourself some grace. This is your first time, you know. Owning a dog. Yeah. Yeah. So if I don't like a behavior that she's doing, it's not because she is being bad. It's because I haven't taught her that it's bad. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm working right now on walking her Mm -hmm. um, because the parents generally take her on Saturdays and I want it to be easy for them to walk. Um, So I'm teaching right now on the leader, um, having her walk to the left of me. Okay. And if she walks ahead... I stop, walk backwards a little bit because I don't want to encourage her to continue going the way. Like, mm-hmm. I'm rewarding her by walking the direction she wants to go. Okay. Um, so then she gets back in line, is walking next to me, and then I continue. And then I slowly give her treats and praise her. Good. Um, it's going well. I'm curious. After we record, I'm going to pick her up. So we'll see how she did with the parents. Because mm. I kind of instructed them to do the same type of training. Yeah. So it's consistent. But... Yeah, overall going well, and then I'll eventually take off the leader, and because ultimate goal is because she feels trapped, and I don't want, I don't want her similar to like going to a dog park if she is something that others dogs have, she yeah. get ganged up on, <clears throat> and she also tries to pull it off whenever she's around another dog, um, and I don't want her to get vicious because she feels trapped. So. Yeah, eventually she'll be trained. It's just gonna take some work. Yeah, dude. I mean, trust me, Lauren and I went through that phase. We, you're always going through it, at least in a certain sense, yeah. when as a dog owner. Um, but when Lauren and I first got Scoob, you know, we went to the Petco, uh, this is pre-COVID days, but like we went to the Petco training and it was like, I don't know, an eight to 10 week program or something like yeah. that. And every week we learned, it really was a class for us, not necessarily for Scoob. Like mm-hmm. it, it taught Scoob how to do certain things like shake and stop and sit and crawl and all these different things. But more, it was us as the dog owner. How do we reinforce good behaviors and how do we reprimand him when he's not doing those good things? Yeah. You know, um, but it, it really was us like learning how to don't smack his nose when he's doing something wrong. You as the dog owner have to understand why that's a wrong behavior in the first place. And did you ever teach your dog that it was wrong? Otherwise, they're going to be like, why are you slapping me? Yeah. You know? And the, like I've been watching a guy called Caesar on YouTube and he does kind of like helping dogs get better and kind of talks through what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. I didn't know dogs couldn't feel ashamed or not ashamed, but guilty. They just feel fear. Mm. So if they like if they're cowering because they like chewed up a thing and you're like looking at that chewed up thing, it's not because they're feeling guilty. It's because they're terrified of you which is sad yeah um yeah and then also when i was on a walk this week i I talked to you a little bit about it but i i mean in chick flicks you see people riding on cars like similar to carrie underwood taking a nashville slugger to the back seat and like put knives in the chairs and stuff (laughs) whatever she said yeah whatever she does but like i 
and you see like people spray painting like cheater and stuff on cars when someone cheats obviously mm-hmm. i'm like that doesn't happen like the notebook type shit like that's it's all just fake yeah fake news but no yeah i i saw my first cheater car um there was just cheater spray spray painted or like maybe window chalk or whatever it is yeah just all over the car and like you're a whore and just like cheater 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 and like he was trying to like someone probably tried to rub it off but it was definitely there yikes this wasn't your car though it wasn't my car i don't know who i'm cheating on my dog with but (laughs) (laughs) probably scoob so maybe i'm the cheater but yeah it was a thing that happened and i was surprised so wow that's interesting. I some dude's a cheater out there in my neighborhood. I didn't quite see any of that going on in my neighborhood, but uh, <laughs> just on your car, it's like, uh, should I go inside? Or we definitely had some things go down this week. Before we get into that, I just want to kick things off and say that most people are probably anticipating this to be the um, the bracket kickoff episode. Yes, where Ryan and I are going to be talking through those sixty-four characters battling it out, fighting it to the death, single elimination style. But uh, we're actually going to take this this week as an opportunity to kind of walk through the bracket a little bit more in depth. I think when Ryan and I posted it, there were probably some some head scratching going on, some questions raised, and, and great questions at that. People were talking in the Discord. Uh, which you're not, If you're not in the Discord, please get in there or follow us on Twitter at otaku underscores bros underscore pod so that you can get the, the bracket. I put it out there so that people can see it. You can download it. You can do whatever you want with it. But I just think there's more nuance to this than the last bracket that we did. You know, of course, the first one that we did two years ago, it was just 64 games bumping up against each other. Which one is the better game, subjectively speaking? And so it was pretty self-explanatory. People kind of picked that up and ran with it. But with this one, as Ryan and I have talked about, we're adding actual stages where these characters are fighting. And in addition to that, we're going to have a random number generator when we're going through it to figure out each time, each time these characters square off where they're going to be fighting. We selected 10 stages for that. And so there were some questions about, well, how do we know where the characters are fighting if you guys haven't recorded the episode yet? Because our bracket's going to be drastically different than yours if we don't know where these characters are fighting. So great point. And so Ryan and I are going to kind of walk through everything in greater detail kind of towards the end of the episode here today. Uh, And hopefully everyone comes away from this a little bit more on the same page. And it's just a lot more fun for people to tune in uh, over the course of the next two weeks Yep, when we kind of go through the bracket. But uh, so stay tuned for that. Ryan and I are also going to do some hypotheticals this week and just talk about uh, the games that we've been playing recently, as we always do here on Otaku Brothers. So hopefully it finds you well and uh, can provide you with some good entertainment over the next hour and a half or so. But some good stuff happened this week, Ryan. I'm glad. I'm glad you had a good week. Uh, It was just busy with the house stuff. And so I think we kind of talked about it. Maybe a couple episodes back that Lauren and I were going to try and get some trees removed from our house or our backyard. And uh, there were six relatively large trees that we needed to get removed. And thankfully, uh, you know, I went over to your parents' house for two days and worked while the absurdity was going on just because it would have been way too loud, way too distracting if I stayed at home. So thankfully, all six trees removed. Um, everything went without a hitch. No real issues at all. Um this guy was just such a down-to-earth dude and uh, really easy to work with. Uh, I, I came over uh, when the work was almost finished on Thursday, and he kind of walked me through everything they, they did. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really happy that everything 
went as smooth as it did. We didn't have any damage to the deck, and Scoob has a heck of a lot more room to run around. Yeah, I was surprised that there wasn't any damage. You'd think bringing down trees, like, I mean, they're obviously professionals, but I would have destroyed a, the house, yeah. your fences, and the deck. Yeah, and they, you know, they pulled out half of the fence because they needed to get this giant truck back there to be able to ladder all these people up there. And, uh, I mean, obviously there's some tire tracks in the yard, but yeah. they put the fence back uh, with really no damage at all. So, definitely very proud and uh, happy to just have that box checked uh, as it relates to homeownership. And that way, I'm sure we're going to be getting storms here in the next few weeks and months as spring approaches and we don't have to worry about an 80-foot tree falling through our house. Yeah, that was our thing. We had two trees removed, God, I don't know, like 15 plus years ago, but it was like 100-foot ash mm. just right next to the house in our backyard. And that was when the ash borer was going around, just killing ashes. So, yeah, tree removal. Got to love it. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. But That's um, what, big project number two? You had the basement and now the trees? and Yeah, I think the next one for us is the roof. Um, there just is, there's visibly some damage, you know, that yeah, I don't... Dad ripped a gutter off. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't have the, the knowledge to be able to see, oh, yeah, that's because of hail or that's because of the previous roof wasn't put on correctly. Like, I don't know what's the root cause of all the issues that I'm seeing, but um, this contractor kind of came to our neighborhood. They knocked on our house on Sunday and said, hey, we're going to the neighborhood and just kind of visually seeing if there's houses that have pretty visible significant damage and yours was definitely a standout where we do free inspections. And then if you want to move forward with anything, then we'll do that. And I said, you know, what's it going to hurt? All right. So probably uh, a little naive on my part to, yeah. to say, sure, you know, I'm a new homeowner. Come on my roof and, and inspect it for me. Yeah. Look where my security systems are and yeah. uh, find a way in, you know. I have PS5 upstairs too if you want. <laughs> yeah. Just looking through your windows. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, so they came out Friday and uh, zero professionalism. Like they didn't knock on my door to let me know like, hey, we're going to go climb on your roof now. Hope that's okay. Just want to yeah. remind you that we're here. They didn't do that. And so I came outside and I was just like, hey, you know, how's it going? How's everything going? And and he was just like, he didn't look me in the eyes. Just like, oh, yeah, my buddy's up there just monkeying around. <laughs> and I was like... um cool so all right uh any significant damage that you've seen so far and he's like no there seems to be some hail damage but he's just getting started but i I just want you to know that's gonna be about 20 grand to have everything fixed (laughs) he's like but my report is still processing and so i'm thinking in my mind okay so your guy just started his inspection you've already run a report to determine how much it's going to cost you see maybe some slight hail damage and then you're pulling a number out of the air that's 20 grand yeah so it was just very sketchy and i said okay well let me know if there's anything that is alarming you know just come let me know how things are going and progressing two and a half hours go by these guys are up there on the roof and then i just don't hear any more noise and i'm like oh, maybe they're wrapping up and i go outside and their car is gone they're well gone. they could have like been just random people in a truck just they're stomping like, around on my hey, roof yeah let's just i've never climbed on a roof before and then they like Hey, maybe we could get insurance claims, fall off this dude's roof, break our arm, and then sue him. Yeah. Because if they'd be on your property, they'd have the right, right? Yeah, so definitely uh, a lesson learned yeah. this weekend. Um, don't have random people climb on your roof Yeah. when there's zero credibility and you really haven't looked into it. But uh, Lauren, I let her know because she was, of course, at work, and 
I texted her and kept her up to date what was going on and and uh, Lauren has a little uh, fire under her, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, she can definitely rip into some she's people terrifying. when you rub her the wrong way. I mean, she's like—I mean, I named her Gizmo for a reason. All right, she's all cute and yeah. cuddly until she's not, and then she's a gremlin. And so, uh, yeah, no, it's very fitting. So she ripped into these people. She had. She's like, "What's their number?" And so she called them and ripped into them and just said, "Like, listen, you came to my property. You didn't let my husband know when you were when you arrived or when you left." You assessed it at $20,000 before you actually did the inspection. Where are these numbers coming from? And who is your boss? Who is your manager? So she, of course, went up the food chain and talked to the people and uh, was not very happy. And And that's not a Karen move. That's what we do in our job, like where I work or where she used to work. That's Mm -hmm. pretty standard. So it's not like, let me talk to your manager. I had a cookie or a French fry out of place. It was just (laughs) like... No, you fucked up in the business world. That's kind of what happens. So. Yeah, yeah. So we Lauren's not a Karen most of the time. <laughs> we won't be doing uh, business with those people, but um, yeah. more than anything, it was a life lesson to just not blindly walk into stuff that contractors are trying to sell you. Yeah, those salespeople, they, they get you. Yeah. But one thing I do want to ask you, not to completely change. Do you want to join my pyramid scheme <laughs> <laughs> selling soap yeah. or... What do they like? They sell like Bed Bath, not Bed Bath and Beyond, like oils, essential oils. Well, a lot of them are utility companies too. Yeah, like knives. Like I don't know knife if knives X. fall under the umbrella of utility companies, but yeah. Well, knife washing machines. All right, so I don't want to shift gears right okay. away, but <laughs> this is a little getting a little weird. Um, did you listen to the last episode? I did. Yes. Yeah, it was a little solo episode that I did. It was good. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was really long for a solo episode. We was get used to just. I mean, I felt kicked out immediately. You're like an hour and a half talking to yourself. It's not easy to just sit here and talk to yourself and and carry that conversation consistently. Um, but no, it was fun. I guess what I wanted to pick your brain about is just the whole collecting aspect of it. Could you relate in any way? Or I, I mean, I was never a collector. I never went out and like bought a bunch of things. It was more. I've always kind of been selective. Mm. And that's kind of, I mean, that's why I really don't like digital as much. I'd rather have a physical copy so I can, if it's, if I like the game enough, I'll get the physical copy or Mm -hmm. I'll get the game in general. But you kind of took, I mean, from your YouTube days, let's get everything and just review it and show everything. But I, I think it's good now that you own a house and you have adult responsibilities that you're kind of containing your purchases to what fits on a shelf. Yeah. No, it feels good. And I actually clipped that part of the episode and threw it up on YouTube and um, got some really great comments. Craig from TV and Lust responded. Uh, Friend of the show, Blink, he actually responded as well. And his comment in particular really stood out to me because, you know, he observed and watched a lot of those people in the YouTube gaming community over the years. And the way he described it is a lot of those people nowadays are getting into the refinement phase of their collecting journey. Yeah. And I totally am in sync and on board with that that name for it because that's that's kind of where I am. I'm in that refining stage. And over the past two to three years, I've just been kind of purging the things that I don't want anymore, buying the things that I love, and just continuing to hone that collection uh, moving forward. Yeah. No, I'm – yeah, I, I think that's a good way or a good approach. I mean, there's probably some games that I'd probably hunt for it before they're like a thousand bucks like you have the gold and silver box editions mm-hmm. right i think those would be cool but yeah there's a lot of games i'm sure you can get rid of yeah I and mean, again and as fund i fund other games with yeah and as i said in the the episode yeah. and on it's on youtube episode 107 if you haven't listened to it already i just talk about 
where my collecting habits used to be, where they are today. And uh, it was fun to discuss it, but I'm definitely, if you have other thoughts on it, we're again, once again, recorded uh, an episode on YouTube. You have a podcast, want to talk about it. I'd love to hear from you. So post in the Discord, whatever it is, just definitely flag me down if you do end up having a response in whatever capacity that looks like. But why I really bring that up, and it's kind of fascinating that there's this place down the road called, uh, well, we'll just say it's a thrift store. Yeah. And I go in there relatively frequently. <laughs> Relative to us. Yeah. I go in there relatively frequently. Over the years, I've gotten sealed copies of SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom on PS2 for five bucks. I got mm. Star Wars Starfighter on PS2 sealed uh, for five bucks. Uh, I've just found some really interesting things for cheap there. Yeah. And so over the weekend, yesterday, I uh, it was really, really nice outside, and I just needed to get out of the house. I just went for a drive, and I figured, what the heck, I'll stop in there. And so I stop in the store, and I'm kind of browsing. Everything is in kind of glass-concealed... Cases? Cases. Uh, yeah, just cases. And I saw a complete inbox original Xbox. It was the bundle that had Clone Wars and Tetris Worlds. I mean, this is something that I remember so many of my buddies getting growing That's up. That's what, 20 years old? Yeah, like 20 years I mean, old. the box looks amazing. It, it is looks barely touched. Minty fresh, like yeah. absolute pristine condition. And it was 50 bucks. It came with the system, two controllers, and uh, those two games in the same case. Mm -hmm. Both discs are just kind of in the same Xbox case. And I walked around in circles in the store a little bit, and I'm like, "Ah, should I get it? Because it's not one of those things that I can go home and think about for a day and come back and it's still going to be there. Yeah. I did that a couple months back, and I'm still kicking myself for it. I went in, and they had complete inbox copies for the Game Boy Advance of The Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and Return of the King. All three of those games, and it was like 20 bucks. Do you know what we should do? We should make a new a new tradition after we record the podcast, because I have to go back that way anyway. Mm-hmm. We just hop over there every, yeah. after every week. We can do that, because yeah. then we can always, our adventures thrifting you know we can talk about on the next week's episode speaking of our collections yeah (laughs) not growing but and that's the thing like i didn't it wasn't something i would typically typically go out of my way to get because i'm definitely trying to pare my stuff down yeah but i could not pass this up because i have original xbox games uh that are not currently backwards compatible Mm -hmm. or they're only backwards compatible on 360 or they're only backwards compatible on xbox whatever the case is I just want to have a definitive way, regardless of whether I have a 360 or a 1X or a Series X, I want to be able to play my original Xbox games. And I only have like seven. You know, I've really pared that down. But one of them is a game that friend of the show recently streamed it, uh, Blinkoom. He streamed this game called Knight's Apprentice. That game is not currently backwards compatible, so the only way I can play it is on an original Xbox. Okay. And I thought, what the heck, man? Like, I'm just going to go for it. 50 bucks. If it's something that... Even a year from now, it's not something that I really want anymore. I can always sell it on eBay. like And make a profit. A box like that with the games that I got, two controllers, the system is literally in like-new condition. It almost seems as if this thing was sitting in a basement gathering dust Yeah, it for the past pristine. 20 years. So I ended up getting it. I brought it home. And the fun of getting a console like that or a PS2 with a couple memory cards or a game key with the memory card is each system almost has a story behind it, mm-hmm. you know? Or if you go to a garage sale and you see uh, a box full of games, there's a story behind that because typically it's either um, 
a young person or someone that's gotten older that's that's getting rid of their childhood hood or a parent that's passing on their kids most cherished toys and so I brought it home and was just seeing like because the Xbox just had a hard drive there was no memory cards associated with it but I wanted to see like what do they have saved on the console do they have any music like that was something I completely forgot about yeah the original Xbox home screen is literally just if you pop a game in it'll automatically start the game you have a settings button you have a memory button and you have a music button like that's it it's very kind of bare bones there's yeah. no dashboards or anything like that that you see nowadays on current generation consoles and unfortunately i went to the memory and the only games that were on there were star wars battlefront okay. the, the first one and tetris worlds mm. so my thought is is that this person literally got this console. They didn't even play Clone Wars, the game that was the other pack-in with uh, Tetris Worlds. They played Tetris Worlds, they got Battlefront, and that's... just got bored. That's literally all they played, yeah. Because there was also no music downloaded on the console. And if I'm someone that wants to get rid of, uh, pawn off a a machine, like an Xbox or a PS2 or whatever, Mm -hmm. most likely... I'm not going to go through the effort of thumbing through the menu systems and deleting everything and taking that time. Like, especially if this is something that's been sitting in a basement, I'm not booting this thing back up and going through it all. I'm just like, oh gosh, that Xbox, I haven't touched it in 10, 15 years. I'm just going to go see if that local place down the road will take it. Yeah. If I were to get rid of my, what, PS3, I have hundreds of songs on there, like Mm -hmm. really old like retro techno, mm-hmm. but the good stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm um, and then I got some pictures on there as well, like me with, in a kilt with a sword. But besides that, like... That kind of stuff is probably what you'd want to delete. If you <laughs> yeah, like, I don't need that out in the world. If you, see a con- if you saw um, a console. I, I To be honest, I think that's probably the only place that picture is saved because of when my computer got wiped mm-hmm. by a virus. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just... That deserves to be out in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fighting wars. So, so anyways, yeah. I brought the console home. I saw that only those games were downloaded. It also included um, in the bundle, uh, Le- uh, Legend of Zelda, it included Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. So good. So freaking so good. So good. Turok Evolution, which I've never played that. Um, I have the first three Turok games on N64, and then I played the reboot on 360 back in like 2008 or nine. Turok, which is actually... Pretty, pretty fun game. Uh, but I never played Turok Evolution, but it came with that. And then it also came with Splinter Cell Pandora tomorrow. And my goodness, do I just miss those green cases yeah. of the original Xbox. Because it's like super dark. Like the 360 cases were almost neon green. But yeah. the original Xbox, those green cases, man. No, I miss the Xbox. Um, I mean, it was it's a hunk. Oh, it, yeah. It's a, it's a bulky. It's a beefy boy. It's almost as big as the PS5, <laughs> which is just fucking massive. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I didn't have a ton of games for my Xbox when I had it originally, but mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings was definitely a staple. Well, it was such a fun time last night because Lauren was doing some stuff downstairs for school. And so it was just like, all right, I'm making a night of this, you know, yeah. just a nostalgia trip back in time. And the first game, of course, I put in. Of course it was Lord of the Rings. There's no other options. Dude, Return of the King. And it brought me back to 2003 when I got it for Christmas on the PS2. My mom got it for me. And I don't know if people remember this, but that game came out well before the movie release in theaters. Which doesn't seem right to me. Like, I don't, I can't think of another game that, like, 
usually movie type games come out after mm-hmm. so they don't spoil the movie or so you have to pay to watch the movie well unfortunately for me i remember going to see the movie with my mom her boyfriend at the time and my sister opening weekend mm-hmm. and of course christmas came out or christmas was the week after the film released in theaters i think it was yeah. like december 17th 2003 when the film released it, the game itself released in October, but I didn't play it until Christmas. Yeah. So I'd already seen the film, so I didn't have anything spoiled. But, of course, it wasn't like I had the movie on DVD. It didn't come out for probably another six to eight months. So it was really neat to be able to see these cutscenes yeah. from the film in the game when I was still trying to cope and process my 10-year-old emotions after seeing the film a week prior. But anyways, playing it last night, the opening to that game is still so incredibly epic. All right. One of the best scenes in the two towers, obviously the Battle of Helm's Deep. That's yeah. probably what the, that movie is most remembered for is that battle and probably one of the best filmed battles in cinematic history as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Game of Thrones tried to compete, but they didn't they didn't do the it. The battle for Winterfell was just not, not even close. Not even. Yeah. Didn't touch it. But anyways, that scene where Gandalf is like, Look to the light of the third day when I will be there with Rohirrim. And he comes yeah. down that hill and then it transitions to gameplay and you play as Gandalf the White, just completely wrecking these Urukai. It yeah, I mean you you booted it up before we started recording and it just it gave me chills, dude. And then it, it makes that, me so happy to hear like just the pinging noise or like Gandalf shooting his little blast of energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Dude, oh, it's so good. I mean, that game really had no right or business being as good as it was. Yeah. And it miss it, it makes me miss the effort developers put into movie tie-in games back then. Yeah. Now, they weren't all that good, obviously. No, but- dude, don't sell that one short. That one was amazing. Like, Lauren and I co-opted that one. One, because the Sam Frodo levels were just freaking hard. They were really tough. Um, And I couldn't beat on single player, but, like, we put hours into it. Yeah. Max no. characters, dude, we were just gods. Yeah. So. It was really good. And it still is. I, I think it still holds up to this day, even if uh, graphically it doesn't look as impressive as it did when I was a 10-year-old. Yeah. It, the the 1080p and some of those character models are not as good. I mean, especially comparing to the 4K Lord of the Rings that you were watching this That's, week. Yeah, we'll get to that too. But yeah, I'm using a adapter to be able to play on my HDTV, uh, which is probably not the best way to experience it, but I wanted the convenience of still playing in the game room and, and it affords me that. So it was definitely fun playing that a bit. I also popped in uh, Clone Wars, which I had never played this game. The original? This is the, the tie-in with Tetris Worlds and Clone Wars bundle here. Okay. Uh, I never played it because I just thought you were just in tanks the whole time. But it actually kicks off the story, the Battle of Geonosis, just before... Oh, this isn't Battlefront. This is something totally different. Oh, yeah. This is a completely different game. Oh, I've never even heard of this. This is when Star Wars games were a dime a dozen back then. Okay. There were just a million of them. But Clone Wars, the the, the story actually takes place just before the Battle of Geonosis, when Anakin, Padme, and Obi-Wan get, ta- in that ring. get taken, and they're yeah. in that like Coliseum-like stage. And then all of the Jedi... So you actually start playing as uh, Mace Windu. Oh. And you're with that other Jedi lady, Luminara, I think is her yeah, name. Yeah, Luminara. Yeah, and so you're kind of in these different tank things trying to get to that arena. But then there's a moment where you actually hop out of the thing, hop out of the tank, and you get to play as Mace Windu with his lightsaber. Ooh. Yeah, so nice. I played a couple missions in that. That was actually a lot of fun. Still holds up pretty well. I mean, it's 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 no Jedi Fallen Order, you know? Yeah. But it's still a pretty fun game. And so I'm looking forward to... There's really not many. There's just a handful of original Xbox games I'd like to get at this point. 
I was going to not even bother until I got a Series X, but now that I have the ability to play on an original Xbox, even if it's not optimized for Series X, man, I want to experience the OG, right? I want to experience how it was meant to be played on this big old hunk of junk original Xbox. You're making me want to go back to grab my Xbox from the parents. You should, dude. Yeah. It's really fun. I mean, you're going to need to get one of these adapters to be able to play it on your... um, TV. Your TV, but you can find it on... I can show you the one I got. It's pretty cheap. Okay. So. Yeah. Battlefront 2. I don't know if my saves are still there, but I had all the best guns. Oh, dude. Yeah, you should It was was a ton of fun. Like, I like the space missions, actually. But you could go into the enemy's spaceship and just hop out and just start shooting people. Mm -hmm. And you got a ton of points that way. Yeah, no. Battlefront 2 was unbelievable. And that's why... It kills me that Pandemic Studios wasn't able to to bring Battlefront 3 to the table. Yeah, I wonder if there's a place that you could download it. I'm sure at some point in the distant future, there w- will be some... Um, like, if EA... I mean, they lost the rights to Star Wars exclusively, right? So, if they wanted to make a lot of money, all they would have had to do is release that one. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They wouldn't have had to uprate, rip, up-res it at all. Yeah. I'm sure tons of people would have bought that one because it was pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was almost finished as far as I as far as I know. Yeah, but um, I don't know, man. There was just something different last night about having this Xbox on the floor with like three to four games next to it. Did Pum- you have snacks? You had to have snacks. Oh yeah, I had some Doritos. I had okay, a beer. cool. Yeah, I was chilling, cool. dude. I was doing it right. You uh, just upgraded your Mountain Dew to a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I am I am 27 now, so uh, I, I'm at the legal age to enjoy an alcoholic okay, beverage. Okay. But what I was going to say is that there's just something different about an older console like that, the original Xbox, the GameCube, the PS2, sitting on the floor with a couple of game cases next to it, yeah. where you're just excited to pump as much time as you possibly can in each game before moving on to the next with a friend or even just by yourself playing solo. Yeah. As opposed to today where... Like, even with this shelf of games back here at PS4, like, I'm not anxiously anticipating putting that next one in like I was with, like, a PS2 or original Xbox. I don't know. I just may- Maybe it is just, like, the childlike nature coming out of me a little bit where I'm just nostalgic for the past. I don't know what it is. It's, it's a weird feeling that I can't quite describe. Well, that was a time where it was before everything was online. I mean, you obviously had, like, Xbox Live with Halo and stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of our memories are tied to, like, sitting down in the basement with our friends, playing X, Y, or Z game together, eating unhealthy food. Well, you also felt and a lot. Caffeine. You felt unplugged. Yeah. Like, you didn't feel like you were, not constantly being watched, but you weren't plugged into the Twitters and the other social medias of the world, or if you're playing a game, everyone can see that you're playing that game. Yeah. It did kind of feel a little bit more personal. And it took like a bike ride or whatever. So you like you got outside, biked to your friend's house. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I don't know. I man. don't miss the times of no social media. Or I do miss the times of yeah, no social media. Me too. But yeah, last night it was fun to just kind of take this little nostalgic journey through time, booting up the original Xbox, seeing that original screen pop up. I literally had to set the day and time because uh, that's what consoles made you do back then yeah. because it, it didn't connect to the internet and do it automatically. And then I downloaded two CDs, because why the heck not? I, I don't think I ever downloaded any CDs. Oh, dude. I Onto my Xbox. When I got my first original Xbox, I got NCAA Football 2005, KOTOR, and Halo 1. Okay. Those are the three games I got. And I remember, before playing Halo, before playing NCAA Football, before playing KOTOR, I literally spent like three hours just downloading CDs. 
Wow. I was just. I don't weird even know if I was allowed to have Halo. Kid. I definitely had Battlefront. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun though. I mean, I again, I can't speak highly enough about booting that thing up last night and for fifty bucks, dude. Even if I had to return it today and it was just like a fifty dollar rental, I think it would have been, been worth it. Been worth it. Yeah. You make you're making me want to boot up my old Xbox. Do it, man. You're yeah. going to the parents after this to pick up Nala. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, I have my three sixty there as well, but the red rings of death, I think, got to it. Mm. But I've all my achievements are there. Mm-hmm. Do you know when you're going to end up buying a Series X, or is there a timeline for you? I mean, I've already pre-ordered Halo Infinite, and I got a 14-inch figure of Master Chief sitting on my desk as a result of it. So. Yeah, but who knows when that's coming out, right? Yeah, I know. I um, I think for me, it's probably going to be a Black Friday Christmassy purchase. So maybe 22, like late 22? No, like this year. I oh, think. this year? Yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, assume if Halo Infinite comes out, yes. Otherwise, yeah. I have no reason to get it right now, because... The biggest selling point for me was being able to play a lot of these games backwards compatible. Mm-hmm. And if I have an original Xbox and a 360 to play the majority of those, then I'm pretty content right now. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, mm. I'm st- it's still killing me that I can't play Rare Replay, but I also have most of the games on the 64 and the 360. Is Gears of War original Xbox or is that 360? Dude, come on now. That's 360. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Dude, it's been, fuck, like 15 years since I've booted up my Xbox. That's fair. <laughs> so, That's fair. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. And I know I've kind of already talked about it with some of these original Xbox games I've been playing, but do you want to just get into the games that we've been playing recently, Ryan? Yeah, sure. What have you been playing this past, I guess, two weeks because you weren't on the, the podcast last yeah, week? Yeah, um, nothing crazy um, unless Cookie Clicker is crazy. All right, I'm seriously going to need you to walk <laughs> the people through this because you came over yesterday. Yeah. And we were planning on recording yesterday, but then we... we were brainstorming. We were brainstorming more stuff for the bracket and kind of getting that all together. So we didn't, but then you, I was like, what? what is that giant cookie on your on your uh, computer screen? And you're like, oh no, let me walk you through the joys of cookie clicker madness or whatever the heck. No, it's it's a strategy game. Like you think of chess, unlimited moves after like the first three pawns are moved. Cookie clicker, fucking the highest level of strategy. Okay, well, like, I guess there's thousands, millions of clicks to be clicked. <laughs> oh gosh. I mean, the cookies are just endless. But I since mean, this isn't a video podcast. I currently podcast. have 26 quadrillion cookies quadrillion that's more cookies than like will ever be produced before the sun explodes <laughs> but walk the people through it like what is this game okay so there, there's a cookie on your screen literally take, yeah literally to and like below it is some milk and you you click it a few times and then you have the ability to buy cursors to click it for you and while you click it which just fuck uh, ups the efficiency mm-hmm and then after the cursors, I mean, you need you need more ways to get cookies. So you you can actually hire grandmas oh my to c- just bake cookies for you, and they're way more efficient. I mean, because they're grandmas, they're what they're good at is baking cookies and just lots of food. So uh, until they turn evil, because obviously they're going to get corrupt by the cookie power. After that, you have ways to farm cookies, mine cookies, just there's an achievement called child labor because there's uh, factories for cookies. Oh, my gosh. 
And then you can buy cats. Why? Because they uh, they really like the milk that the cookies are above, which is tied to your achievements, and that boosts your cookie abilities. Yeah, dude, it, it's a great game. Is this a game on Steam? Like, where? where no, can it's just play it's this? out there on an unsecure website. I actually got a notification like, "Hey, this is not a, a lockdown website." But what is the URL? Uh, CookieClicker. Let's see. Orteal.net. Orteal. Orteal. O r t e i l dot dash net dot org slash cookie clicker yeah there's no just way. google cookie clicker and it'll be the first thing there's no way i'm going to that website yeah but they've got a patreon there's a cookie clicker discord for strategies <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> which i'm not a part of because the otaku brothers put well yeah dude, we're just gonna create a channel on our discord called cookie Clicker. yeah Strategy. but okay so after you've cooked as many cookies at like an efficient level you slowly, after a trillion cookies, start accumulating these heavenly chips. Mm-hmm. And they're heavenly. They've got power in the heavens. And then, so, like, right now I have 57 uh, heavenly chips because I've just been pounding this game for the last two days. Oh, my gosh. And when you ascend, you're able to use, like, purchase things with your heavenly chips. Uh-huh. So, you're, like... Think of like a constellation map. That's kind of how the tree is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a better tree than yeah, Final easy, Fantasy X. I'm, I'm thinking of like the Skyrim level up system. Yeah, exactly. So you're able to buy like permanent permanent upgrades. Um, you're able to buy like uh, holiday cookies and things. Just more upgrades. But so like for 57 heavenly chips, I get a 57 percent increase to my efficiency the next time I start over. So when I fully ascend by everything in the constellations with my chips, then I start back at zero, and I have to rehire grandmas. I have to re—I have to go to China and Foxconn and get some more people to build my cookies. And then you got fucking temples, wizard towers. You've got time machines, portals, alchemy labs, just all producing fucking cookies, dude. You. You realize how fucked this is, right? It's a freaking... No, it's fucking amazing. It's so good. So good. <laughs> Sorry for yelling at you. I was about me. to say, for the past like seven minutes, I don't think you've talked this loud on a podcast episode. Dude, plus. I'm just enthusiastic. Like, this brings me back. I mean, you have Xbox, okay. But this is what I played in college. And this is why I didn't pay attention in college. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my God. It's so good. Like... I, I think if you were to play it and really embrace your just baking instincts. This is the sad thing about I mean, I look fuck, Lauren was baking cookies downstairs when I walked in. But you have cookies is, all over your This is the sad reality of it all, is that you know, we've talked about God of War in this podcast, we've talked about Uncharted Four in this podcast, we've talked about The Last Was Part Two, Mario Odyssey, all of these amazing, brilliant games, like true masterpieces of their time. They're rubbish. And you just seem so calm, cool, and collected yeah, when we're talking yeah. about that. But Pots now we're talking stuff. about cookie clicker madness, and the audio levels are literally <laughs> off the Yeah, jokes. you're gonna have to edit that one. No, it it's I don't know. I think it's the simplicity that really is driving the humanity behind this game. You know? Hey, man. Different strokes for different folks, all right? However the cookie crumbles, whatever little phrase you want to use. I I don't know. I think I'm getting emotional. You're literally, like, tearing up. I I think you'd have to try it. 
Yeah, it's a game for you. I'll try RuneScape. I'll try Minecraft. Dude, I'll try Super Meat Boy too. before I play this bullshit. I, I, you heard it here, folks. He's gonna he's gonna play some RuneScape, and that's <laughs> it. Gets even more emotional. We could talk through it because I was cooking this week on that one, going oh, for ninety nine. Please tell me you've been playing something else other than RuneScape and Cookie Kicker, Clag Clag Clicker Madness, whatever the heck the name is. Yeah, I, I was playing. Um, I played a little bit more Dead Cells um, two weeks ago. I think I had like 100 or whatever. I was trying to fill the jars at the beginning Mm -hmm. uh, when you start over. So I'm up to about like 130 out of 160 total weapons and everything. So I'm about 80% through. Um, I have about 10 more that I can get before having to up the difficulty. Um, so I have two boss souls and it goes up to five difficulty. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess I'm, I really love dead cells. It's a ton of fun just trying to collect everything. And I mean, going through the runs and stuff, but I, I really appreciate that the developers are still after two years in, I mean, being released. I think it was 2018 that it got released. Yeah. I mean, there's. There's currently a beta out there for testing, I think, like six new weapons. Oh, okay. So they're still adding stuff. There are two, I think, DLCs in total. Um, but, yeah, it's still supported and still balancing it. Cool. I'm glad you're liking it. That, and then I also played some Bloodborne. Um, nothing crazy. Nice. Just make a new account. Master Moonlight, I think, is my character now. Okay. Uh, I started over because... I was going through all the dungeons on the character that I wanted to do a Holy Moonlight playthrough. And I basically beat the first couple bosses. Uh, Gascoigne. Bloodstarved Beast is what you need to get into the Chalice Dungeons. And then uh, Vicar Amelia, that big furry, furry. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I went into the Chalice Dungeons to try to get a bunch of blood gems, as you do. Mm-hmm. And then I leveled up too much. So by the time I got to, it would have been the fourth boss, Mm -hmm. those ghosts in the forest, I was level like 120, and I'm like, I don't want to steamroll the game. Mm -hmm. So what I did, the recommended level for Ludwig to get the Holy Moonlight Sword is about 65. So I capped out my level at 65, and that's where I'm facing him. But I still did, on the new account, got all the blood gems and went through that stuff. Okay. So Cool. Yeah, ton of fun. That's about it. I, I think the takeaway, though, is... I think Cookie Clicker is the right game for the world right now. Animal Crossing, it this one far superior. Okay, so walk me through the how this fits into the game of the year process for you. Dude. It, I mean, it was probably like my 2013, 2014 game of the year. Okay, so let's let's walk After through Sky, the fact yeah. that in 2013 BioShock Infinite and The Last of Us came out. And then 2014, Shadow of Mordor came out. So why why you got to be doing that? Because those claim to have plot, and this one has plot. Yikes. So suck it, Naughty Dog. You can't defeat Cookie Clicker. You heard it here first, folks. You can't change this man's mind, all right? He's made it up, and uh, there's no going back. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm set in my ways. I will shout. I will shout from the rooftops, exclaiming. Are the the Providence. I'm just shaking in my chair. Like you hear this? I I know. <laughs> I know. You've been shouting for most Sorry. of this episode. So. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna step back and let you talk about your in, 
inferior games. Yeah, yeah, however you want to label them, that's totally fine. Uh, so I've just been playing, just to kind of follow up last week's conversation about uh, Final Fantasy XII, I'm continuing my playthrough of that, enjoying the absolute heck out of it. It continues to get better. The combat system is beginning to feel uh, more natural. I'm getting more used to the, the gambit system and kind of assigning these different actions for my different teammates. I think at this point I have five of the playable characters in my party. I think okay. eventually you meet six in total throughout the game. So you got two more after the furry rabbit girl. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so I don't want to go too into the weeds of the story because I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, for those that have played Final Fantasy XII, story-wise, looking at a brief guide, I just wanted to look at a guide to see, uh, based on the events that happened, where I might be in totality. totality, And it looked like I was maybe 20%-ish, 25%-ish from the events that just happened. And so if you're familiar with the story in Final Fantasy XII, uh, I just defeated the Mimic Queen in kind of the sewery mine level. Is that like a chest? Yeah, like it actual is. mimics. So a mimic. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, it was like a giant one. And uh, it was really difficult. I actually died like four or five times going through the mines because mm. uh, so many of my teammates ended up passing, like dying in combat. And because Final Fantasy XII allows you to speed up the pace of battle to be, there's like six different configurations. So it can either be super slow or super fast. And by that, they really just mean the meters at which you can then perform an attack, but it also speeds up the enemy movement as well. So if it's super fast and your enemies are dying, well, then you have less time to go through the menu system and throw potions at them or heal them or whatever. So at a certain point, I had to scale all that back to be super slow, just so I can kind of like run through these stupid mines, get to the Mimic Queen. Thankfully, the boss battles are pretty easy. Like this game is, is actually touted as being one of the easiest final fantasy games so much Mm. so that i think once you beat the game on just the standard difficulty there's like final fantasy 12 zodiac age plus where you only i think can level up to three because the game is more about the gambit system and making sure that you have the correct license assigned to the character Mm -hmm. and their skill sets are um, complementary to that license so really even if you grind a bunch it doesn't have a significant impact necessarily does it only affect like health a little bit yeah uh but also it's 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 just more about the equipment and the licenses you have for each of the characters okay so that's kind of the the name of the game but i still love grinding so it's not going to stop me from yeah wandering the fields i love rpg grinding yeah so if you're only level three do you still like you have that tree where you can get like health or stamina mm-hmm. and stuff. Do you only get three points that you can put in or do you I, earn those a different way? I don't know how not leveling up then also affects the the board system where you okay. assign those additional skills. Okay. So Yeah, because Final Fantasy ten, I think you ground out by just killing enemies. Mm-hmm. Or you get orbs through yeah. killing enemies. So you could still grind. So maybe it's the same way. Yeah, and I have no interest in playing a game on ultra-hard difficulty where I don't level up. That defeats the purpose of why I largely play RPGs, because part of it is just that turning on a podcast or um, a movie or whatever it is and just grinding a lot, and then turning all that stuff off and progressing the story. Yeah, because originally I, on Dragon Quest, was it 11? 11. the new one? There were some, like, harder challenges that you could do, and I put them on my first save that I started... And then I was like, if this is going to... Because I heard it was an easy game. Mm-hmm. 
And then I realized it was like a 90 hour game and then playing that for another, what, 60 hours plus because it's harder didn't sound like a ton of fun. Yeah, no, but uh, I'm definitely going to stick with it till the very end, assuming I don't get into like some crazy boss battle or I don't know where the heck to go, but thankfully we have guides for that. So if I do get lost, I can always consult a guide, but really enjoying it. And I'm sure over the next many, many weeks, I'll continue talking about it because this game, I think, is at least... 30 to 50 ish hours depending on how many side quests and stuff you do okay so i'm not going to be beating this anytime soon but outside of that kind of to go off of the original xbox stuff that i was playing and enjoying last night i popped in uh battle for middle earth 2 yes on the xbox 360 and i was just really into in the lord of the rings mood partly because of playing a bit of return of the king also watching a particular movie that i'll get into here shortly but uh, Battle of Middle-Earth 2 on 360 does not run well anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I'm sure it didn't yeah. run well when I first got it. It was just less noticeable, but it is so laggy and so slow. It just runs at kind of a snail's pace. I want to say that was the same complaint for Halo Wars as well. Probably. Yeah. These games you are meant have to be so played. so many assets on screen and just can't compute. Yeah, it's meant to be played on PC, but the unfortunate thing about the Battle of Middle-Earth games is that for whatever reasons, I don't know if it was some licensing thing, but you can't buy these games on any uh, platform. Steam, Epic Game Store, really? nothing. They're nowhere. You can only buy the physical PC discs, but I'm not buying a disc drive for my PC to play those games. Yeah. And plus, I lent my copy, because I had uh, both Battle for Middle Earth games on PC. Yeah. I lent them to a friend in college, and I never got them back. One asshole. And now, well, it wasn't his fault. I just never got them back. Oh, okay. And now, if you go on eBay, those games are going for, like, absurd amounts of money. Because you can't get them anywhere else. Yeah. I, I want to say I rented mine from Blockbuster. Uh, I never physically owned it. I just rented it. So, back in the day. Yeah, I mean, it still holds up. Still a lot of fun. Um, I wish you would have remade those, like, for this gen. Like, I would love to replay that game. Well... In that game, it was so fun just controlling all the troops and just well, they mapped battles. it to be really well because it's it's very challenging to have an RTS game controlled with a control like a, a console controller like a yeah. 360 controller or a PS2 controller to like select yeah, but they actually did it really well and it wasn't too complex like once you get the hang of it, you really understand how everything works. Uh, but it's yeah, it, it's a bummer that they haven't been remade for current generation consoles, but also that. Uh, you can't download the games on PC because otherwise I would literally only be playing Battle for Middle-Earth 1 and 2 on PC if that was the case. Yeah. So it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. But what really inspired all of this Lord of the Rings game playing, Ryan, was a little movie called Fellowship of the Ring. Such a good movie. In 4 Both of our favorite movies, actually. Yeah, my favorite movie of all time. And it still holds up, all four and a half hours of it, dude. And in 4K, what I would like to do at some point is bring in uh, a smaller TV that we have around the house and play the Blu-ray versions that I have. Click mm. play at the same time that I do the 4K Watch them side version. by side. And side by side and just mute the one that's in standard definition. Do you still have my TV? What you could do is put that below in front. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's around here somewhere. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it'd be cool to see side by side because... I, 
it's striking the level of detail that is apparent in the 4K version. Like when they were certainly in the Shire, um, like all the kids running around, the grass, the sky, the draw distances, all of that is just unbelievable. But then on the scenes, like the Balrog fight, like yeah. you see Sir Ian McKellen's face. You literally see every wrinkle in his skin. You see the sweat coming down his face, the dirt smeared across him. Like it is unbelievable. Yeah, because we watched the Balrog fight and. You can definitely... There's a color change for a lot of the palettes. Yeah. Um, I th- was it the HDU that was, like, blue? Mm-hmm. Um, for this one, like, the Belrog's fire looks really red. Yeah. Um, and then some of the long distance where you see the, the bridge with Gandalf and then the Belrog in the background. Like, the Belrog's face is more pronounced in this one, mm-hmm. it looks like. Um, but, yeah, it, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's so good. And... Um, 20 years later, still holds up remarkably well, and I can't wait to watch it here in uh, the December time frame to ring in the 20-year anniversary with the Otaku Brothers community. Yeah, so are we going to watch the 4K version, or do we know what version we'd be watching? So I have download like digital-only codes for the 4K versions, Okay. but ultimately it's going to depend on the monitor that you're using and watching it yeah, on that's, that's really going to depict how good it's going to look like certainly the resolution will still look a lot better than the, the, the Blu-rays where it's super blue, mm-hmm. uh, especially like when they're, uh, I think traveling to Moria and Frodo drops the ring and Boromir picks it up and Aragorn almost attacks him or whatever. Yeah. Like that scene where it was just completely blue smeared across everything. Whereas now it, it feels like you can almost like touch the snow. It looks so good. But yeah. all of that to say, yeah, the, the hope, the plan would be, to for me to use the the 4K, 4K digital download codes and stream that through uh, Discord. Okay. So awesome. That's the plan. Yeah. So get excited for that. But you don't have to wait. Just like I didn't. You know, I watch these movies at least two to three times a year. Uh, go out and watch Lord of the Rings, even if you don't have the 4K version. Man, Fellowship of the Ring is still it's just so good. It's so good. I don't know what else to say. I could go on for days, but I will not because I don't want to bore the good people out there. But Ryan, that's all I played this week. Okay. That's all I watched. Awesome. And I think what we do need to get into now is a little bit about the March Madness Otaku Brothers bracket. Just to kind of clear the air a little bit. Yeah. Make sure everyone's on the same page about how this is actually all going to work. So once again, Ryan and I are going to have a random number generator to determine the place of combat. We have 10 locations. All right. We've gone through them before, but we'll go through them again now. We've got the Medical Pavilion from Bioshock, Freeze-Easy Peak from Banjo-Kazooie, Blood Gulch, one of my favorite levels from Halo Combat Evolved, the original Halo game. Sector Z from Star Fox, the N64 Smash Brothers version. Hyrule Castle, also the Ocarina of Time N64 Smash Brothers level. Mute City, this is from the Super Smash Brothers Melee level, depicting F-Zero, of course. Old Yarnum from Bloodborne. Sentinel Beach from Jack and Daxter. Grand Pulse from Final Fantasy XIII. This is kind of just that open field that you walk upon and you see all the dinosaurs exploring the land that you can attack. Wouldn't recommend it, though. You got to be leveled up for those fights, and uh, they take like two hours. Uh, Olympus Coliseum for Kingdom Hearts is that 10th level. And so, as I said, what Ryan and I are going to be doing is we will be just clicking a little random number generator for each of the character battles. And so... I think maybe the best way for people to do this, you can do whatever you want. Like, I, I think, ultimately, I think what would be fun is if other people that record podcasts, if you have a co-host, 
talking through this with them, you know, you yeah. don't even have to do the, the levels and go in the level of nuance that Ryan and I are doing. You don't have to have stages, just talk high level. Who do you think would win Mario or Link in a battle? You can just have that conversation with your co-host. And but, this isn't specifically, it's not because we've done the games before, uh, which like, what do you think's better Odyssey or Breath of the Wild? This is about the characters. So you have Mario who throughout the series has had different weapons. So you'd pick Something like, say you want Flood, he has fireballs and like a cattail, mm-hmm. which would be kind of the main weapons that he'd be outfitted with. And then you have Link, who has a sword, shield, and a bow and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's not the games, what they've been rated, but it's the characters within those games. Exactly. And so Ryan and I also took the time to, in a spreadsheet, of course, figure out each of the weapons that over the course of these characters for their different series, uh, the weapons that they had and also the abilities that they acquired. We're trying to keep it bare bones, though. So someone like Solid Snake, if he has a certain weapon in Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, he's not going to have any of those weapons. We're talking OG Metal Gear Solid on the PS1. And then there's also characters who have, like, a shit ton of weapons at their disposal throughout the games. So you have, like, someone like Master Chief, who has really access to all Covenant weapons, all human weapons. And what we would, I think the rules that we decided on yesterday were... We want two weapons, like main guns. So say I want a Covenant sword or a laser sword, and I want like a battle rifle for yep. Master Chief. And then you'd have one accessory. Mm-hmm. So that would be, say, sticky grenades is yep. what I'd pick. Um, just so we're not saying, yeah, I mean, Master Chief's going to marry Poppins a gun out of his endless purse, mm-hmm. like kind of thing. It's there. There is some more reality there's to structure endless, to it yeah. yeah so like even the oblivion night you know in the bethesda type games fallouts and the skyrims of the world you literally have like 400 items in your your pocket well it's not like that it's really what can someone realistically go into combat with on their back yeah. and that's it two weapons and an accessory and uh we're throwing you into blood gulge figure it out fight to the death and we're not saying like hey master chief has like warthogs and like tanks at his disposal if it's part of the map, so like Blood Gulch has depending, uh, like a tank mm-hmm. or like a Jeep. So he'd be able to use what's on the map. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Again, Ryan and I, we're here to have fun. Similar to the the game bracket that we did two years ago. If your game doesn't win, or in this instance, if your, your favorite character doesn't win, or you don't think it really makes any sense at all for Kratos to be bested by someone like Joanna Dark, well, that's not for you to decide. Well, it technically is for you to decide for your bracket. if you fill out the bracket. Yeah. But if Ryan and I choose a certain character that you wouldn't think would win, well, that's kind of the fun of this. It's, it's unique to each person that's kind of filling it out. And so I think maybe just for some context, I, when I put the bracket together, once again, I want to remind the good people, if you didn't listen to last episode or if you haven't read in the Discord or on my Twitter post, the seating for each of these characters was random. Yeah. I also ran a formula in Excel that randomly generated numbers for each of these characters, 1 through 16. So I haven't studied it. I kind of mindlessly, purposely put the bracket together. So I wasn't, I didn't have the opportunity to study it and think in my mind who might win in round one. Because I want this to be as off the cuff and raw for Ryan and I when we have the conversation next Saturday. Uh, so that there isn't like, I'm not kind of going in with this agenda in mind, that Kingdom Hearts is going all the way. Like I kind of did with the the game bracket. Yeah, and we were also thinking, I mean, because it was brought up, um, could we 
pre-generate stages for each one of the matches, but that also d- doesn't create a good environment for us to do it off the cuff. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to prop like, cause we could say, Hey, the final battle is one through 10 ding, ding, ding. Who, what the stage is going to be say blood gulch is what it is picked, but it, it's better for us to go into a battle. Like, Hey, what's random. So you're probably going to have different brackets and that, like Rusty said earlier, gives you something to talk about and something for you to let us know how your bracket was filled out. Yeah, and certainly, you know, if maybe the best way then to do it is have your bracket ready as if we're all playing bingo together live on the podcast episode. So whether you print it out or you just have the PDF file up on your computer while you're listening to the podcast episode, then you can kind of, as we go, make your edits to see say which character kind of moves to the next round. Yeah. So yeah. that's about it'll, it, it'll man. It'll be a good time. And then for us, we were just discussing. So um, no, or kind of most of the characters are on like an equal footing. We put Kratos as um, or God of War 1. He has, he doesn't have God of War powers yet. Mm-hmm. So he's still the general of the army, but he isn't. Ha- he hasn't consumed every god to make him just wipe the floor with everyone. What you see him in, in God of War 4. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's just post white man covered in the ashes of his his daughter and his wife. Yeah. So, so. I hope everyone gets excited. Ryan and I are definitely looking forward to doing it because uh, as you probably remember from episodes 35 and 36 or whatever it was when we first did this, we got so slap happy because we were talking for like three, four hours at a time going through the bracket. And it just gets to a yeah. point where I think that has an influence on who ends up winning because it's kind of just like, screw it, dude. I don't even care. All right. And this character's <laughs> going to This guy win. lost a leg in a like a batting practice and yeah. he just came. And that's just how drunk. It, <laughs> yeah. That's how it all goes down. So we hope everyone is looking forward to that. Especially since we really haven't had a long episode in a while. Maybe our game of the year episode. But even before that, we've been on kind of like a long stretch of one and a half. To two hours. Creeping on two hours. Yeah. So the listeners are due for a, a solid three-hour Otaku Brothers special. Yeah, fuck. Make it a, a 24-hour marathon of just us rambling as we descent into madness. <laughs> that would probably not be something that I would want to do. Plus, uh, Anchor, because it's a free program, they do have limitations to the service that they provide. And I think the the max is like 250 megs or something. I can't remember what the mm-hmm. file size is, but typically... I would have to, if our episodes are over three hours, I've had to compress it. Okay. Which isn't a problem, but I don't know how I could press compress a 24-hour episode or even export that to a Wave or MP3 file without it, like, breaking my computer. That's fair. Yeah. Maybe not a good idea to break your computer. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a Patreon reward tier where Ryan yeah. and I... Uh, record a 24-hour podcast episode. Yeah, or, like, a Twitch, like, a million points we can make break rusty's computer to make him buy a new one and that'd be fun yeah maybe maybe in the future the best reward but what do you say ryan we get into uh some more hypotheticals to close out the episode yes let's do it and by that i mean superthetical's because we've already done the hypotheticals <laughs> again this is uh chuck klosterman if you're not familiar with his work he uh is also the author of hypotheticals eating the dinosaur sex drugs and cocoa puffs uh but what if we're wrong Raised in Captivity, and Chuck Klosterman X. Uh, these Chuck Klosterman X. These superthetical <laughs> porn film. <laughs> yeah, uh, these superthetical fifty new questions 
for strange conversations. Ryan and I, of course, have already done 10 of these, but we figured let's do five more of these bad boys because it's always just a fun thing to kind of, uh, I don't want to say filler because they're really fun. Yeah. But if we, uh, if we're transitioning into a new segment or we're planning to do something like the bracket, it's kind of a fun way to just do one of these to tie us over to get into that next episode. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, I mean, the main message is about the, the bracket, but these mm-hmm. are fun. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this. Let's do it. This do is it. a specific person. Okay. Not a hypothetical person. All right. So All right. a very real person that we know. This is the most annoying person you are connected with on social media. It should be someone you know in real life. If you have no relationship to social networking, imagine instead someone from your life who tends to make a terrible first impression at parties. I have to know them in person or in social media? Is someone that you should... I think the card wants you to know them in real life. You didn't just cross paths in social networking. Hmm. This is someone that you know in real life. And then they also... You're connected with them on social media. Fuck. That Haley person doesn't meet the bill then. Oh, do you know... I've never met her. Oh, okay. I thought you said you went to high school with her. No, I met her in high school, but this was like at the conception of like Facebook... So, like, there's all these random apps to meet random people. I think that she still counts. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. We don't... This is our, our thing here, right? Yeah, this is our fucking show. We Don't put us in a box card. We can make the rules. Uh, I'm actually going to do my mom. Okay. Because uh, I love my mom to death, but she posts so much on Facebook. Like, I was going to use Facebook, the app in general, because I think it's just a dumping pot for people Dude, to just... Accessible. ...yell and scream about their thoughts about things. Also, there's a really good... Uh, which you need to watch. I forgot. I don't know if I told you about it, but I watched The Social Dilemma mm. on Netflix, and it's a really interesting documentary about Facebook, about social media, just in general. Okay. Yeah, it's it's some of the like the VPs of like Pinterest, um, like CEO of Pinterest, like the people who started Facebook and Instagram and all those other bullshit, like Twitter and stuff, mm-hmm. and basically going through how the algorithm is like hijacks your psychology or your mind so it, it's it, yeah. it's a really interesting good one reason. just good watch the social dilemma yes all right check it out it's like people. an hour and a half or so but the reason why i'm selecting my mom is because she'll often just spam facebook with a bunch of memes and stuff and then tag me in them so i have like 400 notifications she's also like a flat earther and just <laughs> buys essential oils and just joined a cult yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yep that's my mom <laughs> no definitely not any of those things but that's okay uh all right so let's get into this card you and this person have been taken hostage along with four random strangers a middle-aged mother of two a medical student from rwanda Mm. A nurse with a speech impediment and a timed or a timid 25-year-old jazz musician. Okay. Sounds like a solid group to be around. It's a random group of people. The six of you are isolated in a fortified underground bunker, so there's no hope for rescue and no possibility of escape. Your captors are desperate terrorists who are convinced that their bizarre political demands will be met only if they prove that they are serious. And they intend to prove the seriousness by murdering one hostage. For whatever reason, your life is not at stake. The terrorists perceive you as the leader of the hostages and pull you into an adjacent cell. One of the terrorists explains how they've decided to kill your imagined acquaintance, who they simply do not like. 
However, if you tell them to kill a different hostage, they'll take your advice into consideration. And regardless of what you advise, this person will never know that this conversation took place. What do you instruct the terrorists to do, Ryan? Are they going to kill this person, this Haley person that you're with, or are you going to say, no, I'm going to need you to kill someone else, and then no one's going to know the difference because this conversation, as far as they're concerned, never happened. And we're killing them based off their media posts? That's what doesn't make sense at all here. There's like a complete disconnect between the social media and annoying person versus why the hell are these terrorists keeping you in a bunker and why are they going to kill you? Okay, so who else do I have to pick from to get killed? A middle-aged mother of two, a medical student from Rwanda, a nurse with a speech impediment, and a timid 25-year-old jazz musician. I'm a horrible person however this goes down, like whatever I choose. Like none of these people deserve to die, my mom included. I I probably should have picked someone that like... Such weird attributes, be like a nurse with a impediment. Speech impediment? Like why why are you picking on a nurse? I feel like that could be dangerous in like a... A high stakes operation, though. Maybe she's going to kill people down the line. Why you got to pick on a timid jazz mus- musician? Though? Oh, I'm talking about the nurse. I know. I'm just I'm just going down the line here. Like a medical student from Rwanda. Why is that person going to die? I don't know. He hasn't saved anyone yet. Do we? Your captors are desperate terrorists who are convinced that their bizarre political demands will be met only if they prove that they are serious by and killing they, one of us. But what or, are their demands, and why have they ca- captured us? Well, okay, let's let, let, hmm. Let's say they're killing us based off of our social media. Okay, okay, because that makes more sense because there's a big plot hole in this. Yeah. So you have the mother posting her kids. I, I think she probably lives in the suburbs. She has a pool, like a trampoline. Her one of her kids got injured, which is not a hundred percent fault her fault, but. She's liable. She just so, posts pictures about her kids. Yeah. You know? Somewhat creepy. Uh, medical student, she parties all the time. Mm. You know, you got to you gotta soak those uh, s- s- stiletoscope yeah. sorrows. Work hard, play hard. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, speech impediment. Eh. Uh, she's let some people die because she wasn't able to get the words out quick enough in some of these procedures. Okay. Um, so she has blood on her hands. Yeah. But she's also saved lives. So. Yeah. And then the, was it jazz guy? Yeah, dude. Jazz boy has brought a lot of joy to a lot of people's lives. He hasn't saved anyone directly, but he's raised the spirits, which has lowered the suicide rate by like 10% in his vicinity. Yeah. Like a 10 by 10, 10 radius circle around him. Dude, he's just going to town on the sax every night, making people smile. You gotta love that sax. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my social media person. She, I think she used to cut hair, and then she she used to cut hair. Okay. So, so very similar to your mom. Okay. Right? Yeah, they, they connect. Um, but now she's into TikTok, and she's got dreads, and she's freaky. She yeah. she looks like she could be at like a Halloween store. I can attest. You showed me some videos. I just showed you some videos. Right, and recording. I, I think everyone else contributes more, for, like from what I understand to society mm-hmm. so it's unfortunate and i'm gonna be murdered if i fight the terrorists mm-hmm. so I, I would probably give Haley to the terrorists would you really yeah i i i think that's probably the best choice well, i'm definitely not giving my mom to the, the, the terrorists, terrorists. okay no... so who are you murdering out of these delightful bunch uh i'm still gonna get away from the social media aspect of it because 
I, you, you painted the picture so well. This this nurse with a speech impediment. I feel like she's the worst of it all. And worst is a pretty subjective term here because like none of these people are doing anything. But she bad. saved lives during COVID, but right? She's killed people too. She's, she has killed people. Has your mom killed people? <laughs> she's not a Sweeney Todd barber. No, okay, that's that's fair. Okay, it's a hard choice. I don't want any of these people to die. Let it be known. This is a rough card. This yeah. is really playing into our own psycho- psychology here. So you murdered a speech impediment nurse. That's kind of what you I... hate disabled people is what <laughs> I gathered from that. <laughs> Chuck Klosterman, what are you doing yeah, to just us? Tearing friendships apart. We're getting get it so many hate mail or e- it, hate emails. The after electronic this mail. Yeah. That. Uh, let's get into this next one, please, okay. for the love. Uh, this Save is a, this is also a specific person. Okay. Imagine the most normal person you know. The definition of normal is whatever it means to you. Ryan, who's the most normal person you know? Uh, a girl named Yvette. Okay. Yeah. Yvette. Yvette. Why is she so normal? There's just nothing crazy. Like the rest of my friends that I can think of immediately are. They're weird people, mm-hmm. but they're my kind of weird. Okay. So my normal's kind of skewed, but like when I think of normal, she's pretty normal. I mean, you literally spent like 10 minutes talking about cookie clicker games today. Dude, so. but that, exactly, that proves my point that I'm not normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm picking our, our, our boy Pete Dorr. I don't see him as normal, though. Like, What do you mean? Dude, he's he's playing the best kind of games. He's playing Is Life he of though, Black Tiger. Is he though, but they're the, like, the bullshit platformer kind of games. That's Life, not normal. Life normal. of Black Tiger. Lizard Lady versus the Cats, Skylar and Plux, Poi, what more do you need? I don't know if you're proving my point or you're trying to prove your point with that one. <laughs> Pete is one of the most mild-mannered, chill, kind dudes ever. Okay. All right? Yeah. He's my definition of normal. That's what the card wanted. That's fair. All right? We've got a lot to read through here. Yes, it looks like a book over there. Uh, this imagined person has gone missing. Mm. It's as if they've vanished off the face of the earth. This is already depressing because now I don't know what I'm supposed to watch on Saturday nights. Yeah, dude. Who are you going to love? eBay streaming with Pete. I got to do it every Saturday. Uh, For three months, no one sees or hears from them. And because they appear to have left their phone, passport, and identification behind, they are assumed to be dead. A memorial is held and the person's family says they will never give up hope. But it's time for everyone to move on from this baffling tragedy. A year passes. You go on vacation to France. While dining alone at an outdoor cafe in Paris, you believe you see this person sitting by themselves at a table across the street. Though it is impossible to be certain, you'd place the likelihood that this is the individual the individual who disappeared at 90%. You call out their name, and the person looks up. Although, so do several other patrons at the cafe some of whom are annoyed by your yelling. You rise from the table, try to make it across the street, but traffic is heavy. You momentarily lose sight of them, and when you finally reach their table, they are gone. You don't see them or anyone who resembles them for the rest of the trip. Do you let this go, or do you contact the family of the missing person? In either case, what is your reasoning? I mean, I I think I'd always be curious... Um, but this really sounds like a Batman scenario mm-hmm. where I, I think she got out of whatever she was trying to get out and her dream was just to sit at a, like my dream for her was to 
all of a sudden she was gone. And then to look up when I'm on my vacation in France and then see them across the way, nod, and then never speak again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not her butler by any means. So you're just walking away from the situation. Yeah. This is a very a Bruce Wayne kind of situation. Okay, this is literally going to be like my life's goal to find out where Pete Dore is. So oh, okay. I'm not letting this go away so easy. So really, like, do you call in the military? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I alert all the local authorities. Yeah. And I say, listen, there's this tall six-something dude. Six, he's like 6'1 six or 6'2. Okay. And tall guy. I want to make sure everyone is looking for Pete Dore. I'll hire Sonic the Hedgehog if I need to. All right? And okay. the thing I want to get to, though, the root of this question is they said the most normal person you know. Mm-hmm. Pete Dorr is not one to just up and disappear like this. So he's got to have motive for why he's in France. Yeah. Because so for someone like Pete to disappear, my thought, my first thought would be he's either going out west, like to Washington or to Colorado or Arizona or something like that, where he can actually just kind of settle down, maybe yeah. Oregon. But I don't see him going to France. If he's going out east... He's going to Japan. Okay. So why the heck is he in France? I need to figure out why. Yeah, no one likes France. So like, I'm going to pull a Liam Neeson and Taken with my particular set of skills. Yeah. My little investigative So really what you're saying is terrorists took, kidnapped him for a sex ring. I don't know about that, but I (laughs) I, I think they- He's got the appeal. I think maybe, you know, the first card that we had, holding someone against their better, better judgment- some political whatever, these terrorists took Pete. Okay. And they're holding him at hostage against his will. And maybe the ransom is something in his video game collection. Hmm. Yeah. This is like a cardception, really. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is the person answering the first card and you're his choice for the first card. What do you mean? So like he has to like maybe your most person. annoying social media person he has to choose. Hmm. Pete's not gonna let me go. <laughs> he he loves me and I've been subscribed to him for like three years and he just fucking loves me, Pete. Dude, I literally just celebrated my thirty six month subscription streak. Yeah, exactly. All right, yeah. we're on good terms. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know what's going down, but do you, do you think you save him at the end? I'll is, be damned. Hell yeah. I'm okay. not. I'm not sleeping until Pete Dore is is home safe. In his game room, streaming some eBay. You sound like a hero. <laughs> First of all, I did. Uh, he had that little spin wheel thing that he does, okay. where based on uh, if you do subscriptions or whatever, uh, he put basically your name in a virtual hat, and my name was drawn for him to play a particular game. Okay, cool. He's not actually played that game yet, and I tasked him with playing Lord of the Rings: Aragorn's Quest. So on stream? Oh yeah. So listen. Pete Dorr's got to come home and play Aragorn's Quest. Yeah, he can go missing after that. <laughs> if it's the last thing that he does, <laughs> yeah. he's got to play Aragorn's Quest. Uh, what a weird card. These cards are strange. Yeah. Uh, glad we didn't have to murder anyone in that one. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad Pete Dorr is home is alive. Safe. Uh, this is also a specific person. Okay. This person was your best friend in the third grade. Okay. If, if you've lost contact with this person, assume their core personality characteristics are similar now to what they were then. And their intellect has progressed normally. Yep. So they're just, you know, your average adult. They probably, I mean, Scott went to college and everything like that. I say Scott. That's the person I'm picking. Yeah. My best friend growing up. I've mentioned him on the podcast before. He's responsible for me playing games like Perfect Dark, Tony Hawk, Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, the good stuff. <laughs> nice. Who are you picking? I'm picking Max. Okay. Yeah. You've talked yeah. about Max He's before. He's out in Texas as a nurse. Okay. 
Uh, so this person contacts you by mail and asks to speak with you privately. Mm. You agree. Their tone is somber, and they begin by saying, I think it's time we finally talk about that terrible afternoon. Oh, shit. They proceed to recount a traumatic event your third grade year. According to them, the two of you inadvertently stumbled upon a severely injured man, trapped inside a mangled vehicle after a car accident. The man was unable to escape from the wreckage, prompting a pack of feral dogs to maul him. (laughs) This can't be. Is this on the card? I'm not good enough to improvise this. Uh, The man was unable to escape from the wreckage, prompting a pack of feral dogs to maul him as he hemorrhaged. (laughs) You were too young and too scared to help, so you both watched the horror unfold from a distance until an ambulance finally arrived. Paralyzed by fear and guilt, you agreed to never speak of it to anyone. Your friend, unable to shake the memory, still dreams uh, of the man's desperate screams from inside the vehicle. Yeah, we probably both have PTSD from that no one. No kidding. Uh, but you have no memory of this event at all. It happened in a location close to where you were living at the time, and all the circumstances leading up to the incident seem identical to your memory of that period. Yet, there is no part of the story that feels even vaguely familiar. So, the question, Ryan, do you believe this event actually happened and that you repressed the memory? Or do you think your friend is lying or confused? How do you respond? Hmm. It sounds like a repressed memory. I mean, something like that, there would have to be some type of repression. Otherwise, that would scar anyone for life. Yeah. I don't know if little third grade me would be able to take that. I was into games and running around. So, watching someone get demolished by a pack of feral dogs. <laughs> like, what? Jeez. I think, if anything, someone ch- some should check on Chuck Klosterman to make sure that guy's sane. Yeah, maybe that's what he watches a third grader and he's trying to put his... His guilt for not being able to save Lay it to rest by, you know, making yeah. other people deal with this situation. No, I, I definitely think... I mean... I, I think I repressed it, and now it's brought back up, and now I'm hurting. Um, but I, I think we should go see group therapists, a friend and I. But then it'll pop up, and then I'll, I don't know, and maybe that's why I like dogs, and it's like a subconscious thing. That's why I've always wanted to own a pack of dogs. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I don't know. Am I a ringleader? feral dogs (laughs) potentially i i mean i would certainly i'd have no reason to not believe scott and we were best friends growing up uh we just lost touch because he went to a different college than i did and we just never stayed in touch much we've talked since and you know it's like we don't skip a beat but if he came to me with this information like unless he was just like a recluse and like went to a mountain and just for years and he was kind of known for being a little loopy and crazy and he came to me with this story, and I had no recollection. I'd be like, dude, I, I I don't know. Like, you might need to get some help. Let me connect you with someone. But if he just, like, went on his merry way through life and came back to me and said, Rusty, we got to talk about something, walk me through that story, I feel like part of me, even though the card says otherwise, would begin to remember. Like, it would begin to resurface, and all those emotions would bubble up again. Yeah. And I feel like I'd be obligated in a certain sense to say, like, dude... You're right. I'm sorry. Like you and I should have told someone that day that we witnessed that terror and had gotten the appropriate help at the time. But 
it's never too late to get help. So, but do you tell any people now besides yeah. your therapist? You'd be like, hey, this dude, we watched him get mauled. Who do you tell? I certainly tell my therapist. I think I pull Lauren in the conversation and walk her through what happened because yeah. I don't see how that wouldn't have some impact to you psychologically over the course of your life, whether you're maybe then it, it's in marriage. I'm hesitant to reveal things to Lauren, secrets, things that are going on, work stuff, just general things in life. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I'm really tight lipped about things. Or maybe you're a more cautious driver because you don't want to crash and be eaten by feral dogs. Yeah. And she's like, she repeatedly asked me over the years that we've been dating. Why? What's the deal with you and driving? Like, why are you so fearful? But I never can put my finger on it. And then Scott kind of like opens the the, 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 ge- the genie yeah. out of the bottle type of thing. And I can finally process those emotions however many years later. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, same with Max. Like, we lost... He moved out to Texas right before high school. Mm-hmm. But we, we've still... I mean, we, we just caught up Nikki and I with him last year. Um, and he hasn't changed. So, yeah, I think it'd probably go the same way or very similar. Yeah. What a weird card. That was, yeah, these are getting weirder. Let's uh, keep going here. And this is a hypothetical person. Okay. All right. This person seems exactly like someone you dated or might have dated when you were younger. The way they look and the way they act mirrors the type of person a younger version of yourself was often attracted to or involved with. Okay. Another RuneScape player. (laughs) Master of the cooking cape. All right, so in this hypothetical scenario, Ryan, you are a therapist. The person is your patient. So I assume this person that you used to date. All right. Uh, Everything about their life seems ideal, yet they remain unhappy. They say, I don't understand it. They tell you at the end of your first therapy session, it's almost like there's something about myself that everyone else can see, but I can't see it. I can't shake the feeling there's something crucial about my personality that I don't understand. And even though it's obvious to anyone else... Uh, but what could it be? You are a good therapist, so you don't make any arbitrary accusations or offer any unfounded conjecture. You simply agree to meet the patient again next week and discuss this problem further. But privately, what do you assume is the probable answer to their question? That's the vaguest shit. (laughs) This person who doesn't exist has a problem that doesn't exist, but they can't put their finger on it that is how do you solve their problem based off of a hypothetical person who doesn't exist so i think let's put ourselves in the shoes of a younger version of ourselves where we're dating whoever in the fifth sixth seventh grade Jeez, that early i mean it said i mean how far back do you want to I go i didn't start dating anyone until like the ninth grade like high school i wasn't allowed to okay but. well i you, when did you date Anything someone? prior to high school, I feel like, is kind of just fake anyways. Like, you hold hands when you go to science class. But other than that, like... Okay. So, I'll, I'll do my first girlfriend. Okay. Um, so... Or, uh, hypothetical. Lauren is, like, literally the first person I ever technically dated outside of, like, the, the hand-holding and walking to language arts class. So... Yeah, I mean, technically a younger version of yourself, like, five, six years ago. Yeah, okay. So, when Lauren and I first started dating... Um, no, that doesn't make sense, because now I'm... My patient is my wife, and that's just That sounds like some ethical guidelines being broken, (laughs) (laughs) and that sounds like it should be free. Yeah. Um, No, we'll just take the Just hypothetical people. We'll take the hypothetical person, or the real person, that I I quote-unquote dated in sixth grade. All right, so this person walks into my office, and we're having this conversation, and 
she's ideally got the perfect life, but for whatever reason, she can't see something in herself that other people see. So then privately, what do I assume the probable answer is? Like what's getting in her way of success or accepting who she is? And she, everything else is fine with her? Apparently, according to this card. It sounds like she's the problem. <laughs> I, I think for me, I've, I've had a tremendous amount of therapy in my life. I think you would kind of just take the standard approach as any good therapist does. And you start, you listen, mm-hmm. you're an active listener. Um, you hear the person and what they're saying. You kind of help. They talk consistently about the things that they're feeling, the things they're experiencing, the people in their life that are potentially influencing whatever is going on. Whatever's impacting her inability to see the best in herself. And through that, you start to prod. You ask questions about, okay, well, you talked about this person who consistently um, invalidates you or something like that, you know, consistently brings you down. So they keep you from being the best version of yourself. Why do you still have them in your life? I would almost take the approach of, she said her life is perfect. But I think that's a lie that she's telling herself mm. to ignore the issues that are, I mean, similar to the like last card where there you repressed some emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, the lie that you tell yourself is that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And once you get over that hurdle, you'd be able to break through with her to understand the truth, but mm-hmm. it's just gaining that trust with your patient. Yeah. Yeah, because then they can... Because the second they... The hardest part is admitting there's a problem, right? Yeah. And then once she understands that, maybe her... Like, say you're in an abusive relationship. It's all right. They just hit me like three times. It's like, no, the the first thing is you admit there's an issue. And then then once you snap out and you can see it, then you can realize like how you change it. Yeah. And I think that would be her problem is... She thinks she's at the stage where she thinks it's okay, like denial. Yeah, and she needs to go through the process. Yeah, I mean, again, with this card being as vague as this, you kind of almost have to fill in the gaps a bit. Yeah, and I think we kind of hit the nail on the head that it's just active listening. I don't think I can put my finger on anything. I think it's more just like I need to understand more before I can come to any concrete conclusion. What's going on in, in her headspace? Yeah. So. Uh, keeping it pretty deep on uh, Otaku Brothers today. My goodness. But uh, Chuck Klosterman, you are an interesting <laughs> fellow. Yeah, jeez. That is for sure. Uh, this next one is a hypothetical person as well. Okay. This person reminds you of yourself, except much older and terminally ill. Good cool. God, we keep it <laughs> so interesting here. Um, all right, let's do this final card here, Ryan. You meet this person during the final days of their life. The friendship is instant intimate and profound it's uncanny how much they seem like an older version of yourself as they reminisce about the existence they've led it's as if they're telling you the story of your own life except experienced through or during a different era and a different place the jobs they've held the people they've loved the problems they've faced almost every anecdote feels like a version of your own after three days of conversation they ask you to draw closer they need to tell you something important quote as I'm sure you've already realized, they begin, you are making at least one massive mistake in your life that you will always regret, but it's not too late for you. The person then closes their eyes, exhales deeply, and dies. 
what do you assume they were going to tell you? The mistake? Well, I think the mistake that he's trying to, like, pass on to me is that he created a game called Cookie Clicker. Oh, boy. And he he has regrets, and he's seen the determination in my eyes through the way that we talk that I have stumbled upon this freaking torture device. Yeah. And he he wants to rid me of that pain uh-huh. and want me to, similar to the previous card, not think life's okay, mm-hmm. but there's something wrong, and it's my <laughs> carpal tunnel slowly building. <laughs> okay, so ultimately, what comes from this conversation? If I go to bread clicker. <laughs> no, I... Uh, probably just a reassessing me as a person and what needs to change, I would assume. Do you want to double click into that or do you want to just leave it at that? I will. I already clicked enough. Oh, <laughs> that was too easy. I, yeah. Was, yeah. So what about you? What is, what is your change? I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how vulnerable or like serious I want to take this question. I appreciate especially the humor that you brought to it. I mean, I, 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 mean I could take it really serious, but uh, yeah. Yeah, getting coming away from the other uh, more darker cards. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if there's anything in my life today that like I would significantly change like dramatically, right? Um, like my career is something that I'm I've been evaluating more so than I ever have because mm-hmm. I'm not. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this on public air, but I'm not really fulfilled with what I'm doing. No, I, I can definitely second that. Um, so that's something that I'm exploring with Lauren to figure out what makes the most sense in the next, you know, three to five, ten years, what I want to be doing day to day with my career. The other thing is like the things that happened to me in high school. Like I was I was that was the first thing that came to mind is like regretting the things that I did to my body that mm-hmm. I'm beginning to see the effects of that. Like my knees um, are screwed my shoulders like just my joints yeah you're very cracky today yeah i'm very crackly um i'm probably gonna have significant like osteoporosis type issues because i've talked about it before i'm not going to go into the story if you want to go listen to the history of otaku brothers episodes you can do that and i probably talked about it on my youtube channel but like i struggle with an eating disorder throughout high school and as a result of that during peak periods of my life when i should have been fueling my body with essential nutrients i was depriving myself of those things and so as a result of that, I, you know, went into a deep depression and a lot of other things going going on in my life contributed to that depression. And my coping mechanism was something that I could control, which was the eating. Yeah. Uh, and so having a conversation like that at the time and saying like, Rusty, you're really going to regret this. I think all my doctors kind of told me that at the time. But yeah. um, I think part of that whole experience and going through that and the trauma of it all the therapy, uh, my loved ones confiding in me and, and trying to help me. Going through that entire experience really shaped who I became today, you know, yeah. and going through those trials, overcoming them, recognizing at a certain point where I kind of hit rock, bo- rock bottom and recognized that I didn't want to be remembered for this. I didn't want it to shape and define who I was as a person. And I certainly didn't want that to be the end of, of my story. Yeah. And so thankfully I embraced the help that I was getting at the time and I came to faith through all that experience and and now I am where I am today. Yeah. And so I needed to kind of go through that period of my life to get to where I am today. So having this conversation with almost seems like in an eerie sense my older self 
them saying like you're going to regret this if you don't do a 180 and start climbing the hill to recovery and so i chose to go on that journey you know and i guess that's that's the uh, the realness today of Otaku Brothers. We're yeah, just, that's a serious answer to this one. <laughs> well, I, that's what my gut response was, and so I just figured, what the heck, let's just embrace that gut response. That's a good one. Otherwise, it would have been, you know, Rusty, you're going to regret all the time you spend collecting these platinum trophies. It's not fulfilling. It is, though. Get I an think Xbox. I think, yeah, I think it's your older self lying to you at that point. Yeah, <laughs> probably. But, um, wow, those were five... Really interesting cards. Some of them were really dark. Well, yeah. No uh, others were just very vague. Like, why are you asking me to uh, let my mom go to these random terrorists, <laughs> yeah. but instead let a jazz musician I, I still don't go. understand why social media played anything into that one. But I don't either. Uh, maybe probably to make them easier to sacrifice. Maybe. Yeah. Which I gave in. I gave in to the terrorists. Mm-hmm. Am I better than a terrorist? <laughs> I don't know. It's something I'll have to ponder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll ponder it for at least another week until we come back next week to kick off our bracket. I'm curious where other people are at with these questions because this was just a weird stack. And uh, am I looking forward to doing more? I don't even know at this point. <laughs> yeah. So which one do you think you like better? Hypotheticals or superthetical? I think I like the hypotheticals because I like feel like these are almost... situation opposed to people? It's situational and just so weird and strange, whereas these are more like... I feel like we're almost being pushed up against a wall and being put into like a vulnerable place of like, what would you do? Save your mom or save your dad? They're both yeah. dying. It's like, geez, I don't know. Or like yeah. reveal something about your past that... You might not want the whole world or to Or like, know. which parent do you like better was one of them. Yeah. Or like, it's like, oh, shit. I like them both for good, different reasons. But. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I think I would definitely have to say hypotheticals at this yeah, point. Yeah, I'd be probably in the same boat. But it's also interesting that we've done five of these and I feel exhausted, whereas we did 10 hypotheticals when we were doing those at we a time. Energized. And it was energizing us. So it was like, yeah. let's do more. Let's keep doing them. But these are, yeah, pretty pretty exhausting. I feel like we're watching like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, kind of <laughs> depleting of energy, but... Uh, I need to fuel myself with some energy by uh, playing some original Xbox. So yeah, do. maybe some Final Fantasy XII tonight. So hope everyone enjoyed this episode. All right. Ryan and I will be back for the next two weeks doing our March Madness Otaku Brothers character battle bracket. It's a mouthful. But you can find that on our Twitter, otaku underscore bros underscore pod. Or you can find it on the Discord. So write in uh, to our email at Podcast at gmail.com if you want to submit the bracket early or if you want to go through the bracket with us live on the show you can do that also and then send it in to us because we want this to be a community kind of driven and focused little uh event and we want to hear what everyone else says who is going to reign supreme and claim that literal platinum trophy once all other 63 characters have bitten the dust yes perished in battle (laughs) that's right dude all right. Well, as we close it out, the best thing you can do to support the show is going to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, writing us a little review. It'll take you two minutes. Maybe rate us five stars if you're enjoying what you're hearing and you want us to keep doing this. Uh, means a lot to Ryan and I. Definitely would make our day if we saw a new review pop up. But uh, yeah, if you could do that, we would greatly appreciate it. But as we always do at the end of any Otaku Brothers episode, as long as my co-host is here, I turn it back to Ryan and ask him 
You got any parting words for our listeners this week? Yeah, just have a good week. Enjoy the changing weather as it's starting to heat up. Uh, going outside and getting some of that vitamin D. Mm. And uh, yeah, get get pumped for the bracket. It'll be a good time. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Take care. Be well. We'll see you next week. See ya.